Boom. What's up? How are you? I am amazing. I am showered. Um, I am clean and living my best life. I think right now. Oh, okay. So it's like fall in Ohio now. Yes. Um, yes. I, I do. I do. It's just rainy right now. It's not like, it's not like that pretty fall. It's like rainy. Um, and I think that once it stops raining, maybe it'll be that pretty fall. It started mm-hmm. to be, and then it started being like ugly again. So we've been like in the clouds for like the past three days. Um, yeah. and it's been a little depressing. I'm not going to lie. I'm not used to it. I'm used to like on and off rain. Um, but mm-hmm. no, nothing more than like a couple of days. So, and even sure. so it's like somehow still sunny, even when it rains in California, it's weird. Um, so I'm just getting used to the new weather and trying to keep myself busy, uh, doing a lot more like play stuff, like video gaming and things like that Yes. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, keep myself not depressed, um, and making sure that I remember to shower. Um, this is very, this sounds dramatic, but like, let me tell you when the sun's not out, I don't do anything. Like I like, yeah. I literally feel like, I guess I'm not doing anything today because at home, like if it rained too hard, uh, class was canceled, like, or you didn't go, you didn't do anything. So it's like, it's in my head that like, yeah. So it's in my head that if it snows, rains, cloudy, anything, we don't do anything. So (laughs) yeah. That's wild about the classes, but I definitely understand that. Cause I'm Eric always teases me that I'm like solar powered because it's so true. Cause even on like, even if it's the summer and it's warm and there's no sun, I will feel a little depressed. Like I'll feel a little bit blue and kind of withdraw into myself because like that sunshine on your skin, like it just opens you up. Like some people like closes them down. Like Eric hates the sun and I'm like, I hate you, but no, it's like, (laughs) but no, it's one of those things where it's like, I really love the sun. So even though it's a little cooler down here um, compared to the summer, it's sunny right now. And so going outside is just like so fucking refreshing. I love it. Take extra vitamin D3. Mm. Don't forget your vitamin D3, especially if you are used to walking outside and you are no longer walking outside or getting your activity outside. Don't forget about that. Yes. Yes. Amen. Brit saving you hella, hella seasonal depressional stuff right there. (laughs) All right. So today we are going to be discussing some juicy stuff um, and that's going to be gear and shit. So gear, like as in PEDs, we're going to be discussing uh, just some things in common, like misconceptions about them. Um, I think a lot of people have questions about PEDs and um, particularly like women, like they, they want to know like, you know, what the sides are and stuff like that. And what happens, what really happens when you go on a cycle? Um, What are the, like, why would somebody do that? And what are the actual effects of them? Um, does it really make a difference or does it not? Um, and I think that it's worth just talking about some of these things because I think unless you've done them, um, unless you've used them, you don't really know, like you don't really know. Um, and so there are a lot of people that are natural that might have a lot of like just weird misconceptions about them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's nothing against natties, like nothing against natties at all. It's just sometimes things are said and assumed, but the experience isn't, the experience doesn't go alongside it. Um, so 
Yeah. Just going to be talking about some stuff and uh, hope you enjoy it. Yeah. A lot of it's also going to be hard truths for the people that are thinking about making the switch. Like Natty's going to not Natty's because they're thinking that like their life's going to get changed and they're going to like blow the fuck up and like become this she monster Hulk. And that's not necessarily true either. So we just want to talk about like, honestly, the facts, like we just want to give you facts and like talk about like experiences and stuff like that. Just so that way you guys like have something to go off of and aren't just like just hearing bro science and running with it. Cause yeah, bro science is sometimes right. And sometimes it's like, laughably wrong so we want to kind of dive well, in to just talk about some stuff and i mean like there are some ongoing myths from like old school bodybuilding that have carried over um that are are not like like even like the debate for like what are women peds and what are male peds like that's mm-hmm. a whole myth that's very old school bodybuilding that only orals are for women and injectables are for men like that's a myth like that's yep that's, that's a big myth. That's an old school bodybuilding mentality um, as a way to make sure that the sport in, in that realm stays pretty gendered. Um, and it also kind of made coaches look like they knew what they were doing, but in reality, they just never tried anything uh, safely yep. with women and didn't understand dosing um, and didn't understand how to prevent virilization so that when these women were on certain protocols, they experience virilization, then it's all of a sudden like, oh, those aren't for women. No, yep. not necessarily. Like you're, it's just, it's the dangers in the dosing and the duration. Um, so we're going to go ahead and just talk about that. But first point is uh, PEDs won't save you from doing shit work. All right. So just because somebody takes PEDs doesn't mean that they're going to blow up without the presence of metabolic stress and training. If your, if your training protocol is shit and you don't know how to train and you're not eating those PEDs, they're not going to do anything. So it doesn't take away the work that you have to do. You still have to do the work. Like for example, you could not take any PEDs be on your diet and on your training. I mean, shit, you could not be on your diet and just train and you would gain some muscle. All right. But so that's how important it is. That's how important metabolic stimulus is in terms of training or metabolic stress via stimulus. But you could take PEDs, eat okay, and not train, and you would not gain a damn thing. Okay. <laughs> so so um, you still have to work. You still need to train hard. And um, there is just this misconception that like, it creates, it creates muscle without any work at all. And that's just not true. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I remember once reading a comment where they were like, peds don't actually like work that well. And it's like, though well, they work really well, but they work if you work, you know yes. what I'm saying? Like you got to put in the work. You can't just expect to like hop on some fucking trend and then like blow up and look like, you know, fucking Jay Cutler. Like that's not how this shit works at all. Not even a little bit. Um, and especially if you're wanting to use and you have no idea what you're using and you're just injecting shit and you're not doing what you need to be doing, they'll work in the sense of like fucking with your health. Like that's how they'll work is they'll just end up destroying like your insides, like skewing liver, kidney, you know, your lipid profiles, because you know, you're not giving your body anything else that it needs. And so it's going to do what it's going to do and just have all these negative health sides. And then you'll be jaded and angry and say that peds are stupid and people that use peds are stupid. And just, like I said, just be jaded and angry. And it's like, 
Well, you're not doing anyone any favors by taking that approach either. Well, also, I think um, people don't understand that peds weren't created specifically for building muscle. None of them were. None of them. There is not one drug that was Mm -hmm. created specifically to build muscle. It was all medical application. Um, And it was all to prevent certain things happening in the medical field, or maybe they were studied, they were being studied, um, stuff like that. But there was no, like, we're going to create this pro hormone or hormone and like androgen, whatever, and synthetically put it in someone. And now they're going, like, we want to see how much muscle they build. Like there was none of that. Um, and I think that because people don't know this, like they assume that that is the purpose of them and that's what makes them dangerous. Um, and that's, that could be further from the truth. It's just bodybuilders got real smart and they were like, Hey, I'm going to try this. And then they saw what happened alongside stimulus. And then that's how the application started to come about for building muscle because there was correlations between, okay, people with higher testosterone, higher androgens tend to build muscle faster, i.e. men. So that's, that's where that correlation came from. Um, and so without you understanding like the, the, the origin, you can never understand how to apply it. Um, and so you, so you need to understand like whatever drug you're deciding to use, why you're going to do it, how you're going to use it. You don't just insert drugs and see what happens. Um, you don't just insert any drug for, uh, fat loss or for muscle gain. Like it, it depends on what you're going to use. It depends on what you respond to. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because it actually is a great segue into the fact that like a lot of the drugs, not a lot of them, but most of the drugs were created to preserve muscle mass in breast cancer patients. So they were trying to figure out when, you know, researching these compounds, like how can we help, you know, women with breast cancer preserve muscle tissue, which is how we kind of figured out like the right androgen ratios and kind of looking at virilization when it comes to dosages. And so, you know, just because you're taking an oral doesn't necessarily mean that like, oh, it's female friendly. You're not going to virilize if you're running like 10 milligrams of Anavar. Like, yeah, you definitely could. In these, in, in those particular, in that particular setting, like those women in the first few rounds, they did virilize quite a bit. And so that's why, uh, and the dose, again, the danger was in the dosing. They were way, they were dosed way too high, um, for what a woman could handle without virilization side effects. Um, and so that's where it was like, oh, there it's dangerous, but you don't, you're not seeing like the dosing is crazy here. Um, if you look at some of these studies, so and it's nothing like you would dose for a, a bodybuilding athlete, like nothing like it, um, at least safe, safely. Safe um, so, yeah. You know, like some people just, they don't care and they, they do, they do whatever they basically do whatever it takes. Um, but if you are being smart about it and your coach is knowledgeable and they're giving you dosages, like it's nothing like, like what you're going to see in, uh, studies way back in the day that were overly dosing these women, but that was the purpose of them. That was definitely the purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. On that note though, like, you know, speaking of Anavar, it's not like the best drug for females, nor is it the only drug that you can use. Like just because Anavar is an oral, like it doesn't also mean that it's the only female friendly. Like there are compounds that women can use that tend to be, you know, more female friendly and just like how like the general sides are when it comes to the amount of muscle mass that they're able to accrue with proper programming. 
but then also like watching the virilization sides as well. So like, yeah, Anavar is like, you know, kind of like the first drug that women tend to hop on. But like, we also have things like Primo that tend to be, you know, pretty female friendly as well. I know some women have run Masteron. I know some women can even do low dose test just like for like an HR part of their HRT protocols. And then even just like, especially with those bigger ladies, like they will bump up their tests just to have that extra kind of like anabolic to androgenic ratio. And like, yeah, the virilization tends to come up a little bit more with those like heavier dosages, but they also accept those risks because they want the look, you know, they want the look of, you know, the WPD or the women's bodybuilding. Well, also, I think that something to note here is that just because something is an oral doesn't mean you can avoid virilization with it. As I know plenty of women that have crazy Anavar uh, dosage, dosages, and that has caused virilization in them um, as opposed to lower dosages of Primo or Masteron that has done nothing. Um, so just because you take an oral doesn't mean you can run more of it. And it doesn't mean that you're going to avoid side effects. You still, you're probably going to run into them and you might run into them faster because of the having to pass through the liver and things like that. Um, so it, it, it's really, um, a, a big myth. Um, you don't need to just ingest orals as a woman. Um, and I would be more, uh, open to other routes, especially like, especially understanding certain mechanisms of the drug and what you're using it for. So for example, like Anavar, this is really, this is a lot of info. So, you know, you might want to pay me. Anavar, for example, is, <laughs> is not necessarily uh, the best building drug. Um, it is something that you might use like towards the end of a prep um, to keep fullness. You might mm-hmm. even use it uh, for performance enhancement in the off season, but you won't, you, you, you can honestly use other shit for that. You use Primo, Masteron, stuff like that. You can even, I mean, the safest drug for women, honestly, is going to be test because it's a naturally occurring uh it's a naturally occurring hormone in the body. Um, so lower dosages is actually, it's actually safer than using an oral or primo or masteron just on its own. Um, so, you know, understanding like what you're actually using the drug for and, um, mitigating those risks is important. So if we're not going to use Anavar, for example, for as a, as a building drug, then why are we dosing it crazy high? It doesn't do that. It does not do that. Like, so, you know, you're kind of encountering, you might encounter virilization faster for no reason. Instead, you might want to go a different route, even if it seems unorthodox to you because you don't understand it. Um, so that's, that's a, that was a lot of info. I hope somebody pays me for that. <laughs> See a little ching on your Venmo and cash Cha-ching. app. You know, cash app, let me know. Venmo, Brittany Holloman. Get me up. That's right. That's right. And let's say you do hop on a cycle, like your first cycle, you're not going to like blow the fuck up, especially if you're a female, like you're, if you were wanting to preserve parts of your femininity and like kind of reduce the risk of virilization, not saying that it won't happen because there is a very, very high possibility that when you decide to hop, you are going to experience some sides and you want to keep tracks of those sides and to make sure that, you know, you are not shifting past your comfort zone, but if you're wanting to kind of preserve that femininity, you're not going to be able to push drugs nearly as high for nearly as long mm-hmm. because the longer that you're on them, the higher the dosages, that's where that, that huge risk is going to come in. And so after your first cycle, like, yeah, hopefully if you got your shit together, like you'll look different, you'll look better, you'll look more full and more muscular, 
but you're not going to go from like a bikini athlete straight up to, you know, like a, a figure caliber that's ready to hit national stage in just one cycle. Like, yeah. And I mean, hopefully your coach is, is smart about titration when it comes to br- like bringing up the drugs if needed per cycle, because sometimes, sometimes you don't need to like, sometimes like you can run the same dosing uh, per cycle, but what creates your um, build, I guess, like what's, what's giving you like getting you more muscle is the fact that you have prolonged your exposure to it. So like you might expose yourself to one dose in your, your first cycle and your second might be the same, but it's the fact that you've been exposed to it twice. That is, that is sort of the titration, if that makes sense. It's the length of it. And then there are other situations where you might blast pretty hard because you're trying to push for a national show or something like that, mm-hmm. like, you know, where you need to. But my, my suggestion is do not do that unless you need to. If you don't have to, then don't go that far. Um, so like if you're, if I think you need to think about your goals too, and now we're just kind of talking about women, but like women, particularly like you need to think about, are you, are there certain non-negotiables that you're not okay with, with Mm -hmm. like for me, for example, I'm, I'm just going to use myself as an example. I would not be okay with my voice changing a ton. Like I'm, you know, that is just me personally. Um, and so I would like to preserve that port, that part of me feminine, like that part of my femininity, there are other women that don't care. So they're going to be able to push up dosing. Right. So for me, my, if I'm going to go far in bodybuilding, I'm going to make those decisions when I get that far, when I get there, like not now, because I don't know how far I'm going to go. I don't, and we can't expect me to go that far. We need to just check off the boxes day to day, say, okay, when I get there, after I win that overall, should I push harder? Will I need to push harder? And then you make those decisions. You don't make those decisions today because you don't know if you're going to get there. And it's as fucked up as that sounds. This sport is hard. Like you, you have to understand that you have to have a certain presentation and things like that. If you're doing it specifically for bodybuilding and and being competitive. Um, So I think that sometimes people don't think about that. Like they don't think like, okay, let's get there first and then see if we need to push further. Right. Um, Especially if they're, if they have certain non-negotiables that they're, that they're not willing to uh, dip into. So. Yeah, no, I love that you brought that up. So a lot of women sometimes get pushed into it or they get really excited because bodybuilding's new and they haven't even stepped on stage yet. And yet their coach is having them start with 25 milligrams of Anabar. And, you know, they get the sides, they, you know, get the virilization and that shit's permanent. Like, yeah, there are some things that you can do via surgery. Like you can get, you know, surgery on your vocal cords. You can get surgery on your clit, but like, fuck y'all, we have to think long-term about these things. Cause like you are messing with your physiology and you know, obviously your psychology. Cause it fucks up some women when their voice deepens, like it is really hard for them not to be able to like talk in their normal frequency or to sing or to like make high pitched noises to their animals. Like that shit's gone and it's gone for life unless you get surgery. But even then surgery is no guarantee. Right. So like just thinking about your long-term health, inside bodybuilding and outside bodybuilding is going to be really, really fucking important. Well, I think that sometimes women don't even, well, people, I'm not even just women. Like they don't think like, Oh, I could get surgery for that. That's fine. 
Like, yeah. I think that sometimes like, I didn't, like, I didn't even know that existed to be honest with you. And I'm pretty like up, upbeat on, on the PE use yeah. and all that. Like, I didn't know that shit existed until Ashley told me, I was like, Oh, you can do that. Like you can, you can get surgery on your vocal cord. Like I had no idea. Um, and so sometimes I think, like you said, like people get really excited for bodybuilding. Um, they see all of these changes happening to your body. You look awesome. And it's like, Holy fuck. Uh, I'm working hard. I'm seeing the, the changes I want to see faster than I've ever seen them. And so that's where dependency, um, and I don't want to say addiction, but that's where people abuse. There we go. That's where mm-hmm. they abuse because they see themselves change and they stop thinking about health. They stop thinking about long-term. Um, so like some, uh, Jamie Pinder brought this up. Uh, I was watching her, one of her YouTube videos. Um, and she brought up that women that for example, are single or they're dating and they are straight and they'd like to be with a man. Um, most men are, you know, they're, they're not going to have, especially if you're dating like gen pop people and not bodybuilders, um, they don't mm-hmm. know, like they don't know shit about PEDs. So if like you look super, super feminine and then you come out and you're like, Hey, like I'm on this, this and that they're going to be like, mm-hmm. what? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's, a, that's a very valid thing. Like it's a very valid thing for people to worry about. Right. Um, so when she started, she was married, you know, and she had that conversation with her husband and she was like, Hey, like, yeah, I'm going to do this and that. And he was like, cool, do your thing. You know, like, so Mm -hmm. that, that she's in a different part of her life than somebody who is in playing the dating game. And what she said was, and this sounds, you know, it's, I feel like this sounds fucked up, but it's just the truth. Okay. Your dating pool gets a little bit smaller. If you have, if you have very masculine attributes. Um, and so if you're not thinking about that, if you're like, long-term, I would like to marry someone or date or whatever. And you're not thinking about that when you're 22 running over 25 megs of Anavar per day, because your coach told you to, well, 10 years down the line, you're going to wonder, damn, like, should I have done that? You know, like, should you know, because I didn't know what I was doing. My coach didn't know what they were doing. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know anything. I was, I, I was ignorant. Um, so that's something you want to think about too, as a lady, like if that matters, if that even matters to you, if it doesn't matter to you and fuck these men, then fuck it. Like, but, <laughs> but like, but like, if it does, but if it does, you have to think about this because this is something that like, I'm in a different place in my life um, than ashes. So I'm, I'm single. And so like, if I ever did want to dip into that, like, and I wanted to do more than, you know, whatever my conversations with myself are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And let's just quickly, cause we keep talking about virilization, but for those of you that like, maybe didn't listen to the Jamie Pinder podcast or know what virilization is, it's kind of run down a little bit of side. So obviously we have vocal cords thickening and deepening. So your vocal range is going to get a little bit lower. So you're most likely going to lose out on your higher frequency when it comes to singing, speaking, um, you know, your voice can start to crack where you kind of essentially sound like a boy in puberty. Do you know, that's important to know. Um, your clit can not only swell during cycles, but it can also grow and that shit's permanent, not necessarily the clitoral swelling, but the actual growth and enlargement. So you run enough gear, higher dosages for a longer duration. You could get that clit growth that, you know, eventually could get so big. It looks like almost like a micro peen 
Like, let's be real. That's Becca is a real possibility. Um, facial hair changing. You could start to get kind of like straight hairs here and there. You know, you can have um, your jawline and kind of like around your mouth start to get some acne. Essentially, like think about, you know, for those of you that maybe have sons that went through puberty or maybe brothers that went through puberty, kind of like that only on the female side. So you're just going to be developing kind of these male characteristics. And another one I just thought of is breast tissue actually gets smaller just mm-hmm. because again, you're getting these androgens that just are yeah. producing your titty size. Like yes. it's just, it's literally, so, it's, it's just, it's sad. Go ahead. <laughs> so what I, I, this sounds really scary. And I'm, I'm sure that people are like listening to this and like, holy fuck, I'm never using PEDs. But let me tell you, like, that is what we're talking about is like the worst of the worst. Like that yes. is like, you know, that is like, you are abusing drugs and you're doing way too much. And you're like, your coach doesn't know what they're doing like that type of thing. Now I know people that have unknowingly women have unknowingly ran a lot and they were fine. And they were like, Oh shit, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be running that much. Let me lower it. And they're fine. But there are some women that, you know, are more sensitive to those sides. They maybe ran a lot less and they're, they experience, you know, changes. What you do is you just pull back, you just pull back. Um, and usually they subside, especially if you, uh, catch it pretty quickly. Um, but you know, that is up to you to make sure that you are taking care of like, um, noticing those things and knowing what those things might be, um, which is why this podcast is kind of good because now, you know, like, okay, like if that starts happening, I need to tell my coach if I'm not comfortable with it. Um, if you are okay with it, then cool. And you run the duration of your cycle. And when you come off, it will get better but sometimes things are permanent. So a few things that will be permanent, um, are going to be vocal changes. Um, and that's, I mean, clit, like she said, it might, it could be, um, again, when you come off cycle, sometimes it like, you know, it, it might come down, but it depends on the woman. Um, and during cycle, you might just experience like temporary, like, uh, your, um, facial hair might, you know, get a little thick, stuff like that. So yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. sounds, it just sounds scary. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but it sounds scary. <laughs> no, but it's real though. And then also you it's could get like, hair. It's, it's real life. And I feel like it's not as bad as people say it is. They like, I mm-hmm. think people just like make it really dramatic. Cause you know, there's, there's also women out there that run, run a ton of shit and they're super feminine. still. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it really just depends on the person. It depends mm-hmm. on the person. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of moving on to some other, I would say, misconceptions. Um, and this is more for men. If women, if you're running over a gram of gear, fuck. Um, yeah. But for men, like your first cycle, you don't need to be running a gram. Like, honestly, you could get away with like doing a TRT dosage like 200 milligrams and then go on from there and like, honestly get really substantial growth from that. Like mm-hmm. your first cycle is like, I don't know if I want to call it the Holy cycle, but almost right. It's almost like the Holy cycle. It's your first androgen exposure. Like you can make a lot with a little because you're first being exposed. Yes. Um, so like for men, particularly, I think you need to understand that just because you run higher dosages doesn't mean that shit happens any faster. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be exposed to a bunch of a lot of, for if we're just talking about tests, for example, um, let's say, let's say you run you for your first cycle, you start to run, like, I don't know, like way too much would be like anything over 500 in my opinion. 
um, for a first cycle, right? And then you expose yourself to potential aromatization. Um, and that becomes an issue because you might find side effects like um, breast tissue developing because you're exposing yourself to more androgens, but your body has to produce more estrogen. Um, and so your estrogen exposure starts to fuck with your body. Um, and so more gear doesn't mean more gains. Um, yep. it, it depends on, again, like the dosages, your ratios, if you're going to offset with like a DHT, um, and stuff like that, where I think people just, or men in particular, just think test and that's, that's that, but there are other ways that you can mitigate, uh, aromatization in that realm. Um, and particularly exposing yourself to androgens that don't do that, um, that don't aromatize. Um, but your first cycle should be your, it will be one of your best. And it's going to be one of those things where you don't need very much at all. You probably won't even need to titrate up. Um, and so, um, just keeping that in mind, I think, I think men sometimes like they listen to their buddies, um, because that's what their buddies are doing. Um, yeah. and they're, they're very easily influenced. Um, but you have to understand that your body and your physiology, just like anyone else is going to be different depending on when you start, how old you are, shit like that. Like what you've done in the past, um, any androgen exposure that you maybe didn't know that you were exposed to if you're in high school sports and somebody tells you to take this pill, it's probably something that you shouldn't be taking. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've heard of that shit. I have heard of coaches do this shit. Um, and I've heard if, of parents doing yeah, that shit. And parents, yeah. Parents. And understand that like, if somebody had, if that has happened to you, you were probably exposed already. Um, so your experience is going, even if you didn't even know what it was, like you probably were exposed already. Um, and your experience for your quote, first cycle in bodybuilding is going to be different because your exposure is different. Um, so just like, keep those things in mind. Um, if, if you don't have the right guidance, then it can be a shit show for you in terms yeah. of, uh, estrogen exposure. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's important to note that like you can get a lot from a little and more is not necessarily better because you also have the, you know, we've been talking about kind of like the, the cool things about drugs and obviously the virilization on the women's side, but there were also like health risks as well to going outside of super physiological or outside of physiological ranges. So going into that super physiological level on the both female and the male sides of mm -hmm. like what these drugs do. And so you know, for the men, like get the like most from the least. And then once you kind of get up to that point of just using bases or tests as your base, then, you know, don't, don't just be like, oh, well, I'm going to put my test up to 600 and, oh, well, I'm starting to get some you know, breast tissue deposits, or I'm starting to be a little bit moody. So my estrogen is really high. So I'm gonna start smashing like an AI because that's mm -hmm. going to smash your estrogen and estrogen like, yeah, it's not like anabolic, like testosterone, but it does have anabolic properties when it comes to just how it sensitizes certain pathways, especially with like growth hormone and, you know, antigen receptors and stuff like that. So don't just like offset a side effect with another drug, like be mm -hmm. smart about cycle design, which is why, like Britt said, like anchoring with the DHT, very, very smart, very, very beneficial when it comes to just managing side effects and having a more productive cycle and less harm by having to take all these extra drugs to offset the drugs that you're taking. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So estrogen isn't the, isn't the enemy. Like you, you need that. Um, it's when it's overproduced and you start, um, you start experiencing negative side effects that you don't want to, that it becomes an issue. Um, can you explain, cause they probably don't know what an AI is. So, yeah. So when we're talking about kind of like the testosterone and estrogen, there is an enzyme called aromatase. And so it's an enzyme that again, your body produces to help kind of balance testosterone and estrogen ratio in the body. And so if there's kind of too much estrogen or excuse me, too much testosterone, you know, the aromatase enzyme is going to, you know, upregulate and it's going to essentially aromatize testosterone into estrogen. And so, you know, we, if you're having all of this testosterone exposure, because your test is so high, because you're using exogenous forms of testosterone, and you are just one of those unlucky duckies that has a lot of aromatase, you know, you are going to have more estrogen in the body, which means you're going to have more of these sides. And again, estrogen is not bad. We shouldn't be smashing it to zero, but at the same time, you want to make sure it's in the right ratio. So if you notice a lot of the times we keep saying the ratio, the ratio, because it's the ratio that's important. Now the estrogen should be demonized as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also think that, um, well, moving on from that, um, there are different, like we were talking about, there are drugs that do different things. All right. So you have your, um, your androgens, um, which are going to be uh, test-based usually. Um, you have your fat burning or your, uh, beta oxidation, um, drugs. So the ones that help you get leaner are different than the ones that help you build muscle. Um, so those are going to be, and I'm just going to throw some stuff out there. Things like clen stuff like that. That's going to be your, like your fat burning shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then you have things like insulin. Insulin is very different than the other, those, those two things, uh, previously stated. Um, and then we, you have things like growth hormone, which is also very different. And all of these things work differently. Um, so just because you have, you have to understand the application for the drug, um, insulins, for example, like it's, it helps partitioning blood glucose, insulin sensitivity, stuff like that. So it's not going to make you fat. It's not going to help you gain muscle. It's not going to help you do that shit. Like it's, it's not what it is. Um, growth hormone alone is not going to help, even though in the name, it sounds kind of misconstrued or misleading. I'm sorry. Um, growth hormone does not help you on its own build muscle. Um, it's, it, it can be utilized to help your sensitivity to androgen exposure, but it is not a muscle builder itself. Androgens themselves are helpful in performance enhancement and muscle building. Um, so there has to be an understanding of what those things are for you to be able to safely and usefully apply it to your physiology. Yeah. I remember, that, I'm glad you talked about clenbuterol because that reminded me of a, a coach that would put his off-season girls on like Anavar and clenbuterol off-season to grow muscle. Like he would put clenbuterol in for what the, for, for what? muscle building for muscle building like he thought <laughs> like he's he read a study in rats that rats when they were on you know x amount of micrograms per body weight with i think it was some type of like some other anabolic or even just maybe by itself that they like grew muscle and so <laughs> he put clen in the off season again clen a fat burner in the off season with anavar to help grow muscle so not only are we using not even the best anabolic not even a good anabolic for muscle building, Anavar, but also clenbuterol. 
Wow. Hella games. That's all I'm saying. Hella fucking games. It's like adding in insulin when you're like deep balls in prep. And you're Dude, fucking- I know a person that did that and almost died. <laughs> like they, they used insulin, their peak like on show day. <laughs> I mean, it's not he funny, like, but like, he was it's like not I funny. almost died. I was like, no fucking shit, you almost died. Like, yeah. just, y'all, we need to be smart with these things. We need to be smart. Well, you need um, to make sure that you have the correct information out there that makes sense. Like yes. that somebody that knows what the drugs were created for, what they're supposed to be used for, um, and not just throwing things at you because they're just drugs. Um, because that can happen. Is that like, oh, it's a drug, so it's going to work. It's fine. Like it's going to do what you want it to do, and it's not true. Yeah. Um, if you don't want it to cause so much stress in the body, what by you not like actually and I mean, you waste money. You may you waste time doing that shit. You don't yep. want to cause more stress by adding in shit that you don't know. You don't know what it's actually doing. Um, so you have to have a really clear understanding. And it's it's not just bro science. It's it's like a mix of the two. It's a mix of bro science, and then it's a mix of like actual application. Um, yeah. But you have to uh, make sure that you know like. And it's hard to tell people that you have to know like who's well, if who. not, you need to hire someone who does yeah. like, don't just do some back alley transaction because, you know, Jim at the gym, like has like his shady ass shit of like, God knows what. And is like, Hey, this'll, this'll jack you up. Like, yeah. if you want to go that route, be smart with it. If you're going to be, well, what's the phrase? If you're going to be dumb, be smart about it. Like, I'm not saying like using peds is dumb because obviously there are people that like think that the risk is worth the reward and that's totally fine. Like, honestly, I agree. But at the end of the day, like be smart about it, like hire someone that knows their shit, but also, also hire someone who cares because a lot of people know their shit, but they don't care. They just want to put bodies on the stage for that Instagram overall shot to get more inquiries. They don't give a fuck about you. And that is what I hate. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's all I have. I hope I, that was a very hard hitting episode. Yeah. I'm uh, like fired up. I want to go train, but it's a rest day. <laughs> yeah. I hope you all enjoyed it and learned a lot. Um, mm-hmm. that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. No, that was good. That was good. We are you enjoying this. We're trying to get some more guests for the podcast and then we'll have some more people on, but if you guys have any questions or if you guys want a specific topic talked on, spoken on, let us know and we will hit you up. We will hit you the fuck up. All right, <laughs> All right. guys. Peace.